Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you like to treat yourself to the odd manicure or facial every now and then, you've probably heard of Ruby, the digital beauty platform bringing an array of services right to your door via a network of more than 600 professionally vetted, experienced therapists. Ruby has delivered over 150,000 treatments since its inception with a thousand beauty freelancers in its network. And today I'm thrilled to be joined by the company's founder, Venetia Archer. She is a pioneer in the beauty world was one of Forbes' 30 under 30 and sits on the advisory board to the British Beauty Council Sustainable Beauty Coalition. She's here to chat more about her business journey, including the highs and lows, and the advice she'd give any aspiring entrepreneurs out there. Venetia, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. It's lovely to have you. So let's start by talking about what happened in the years leading up to 2015 when you founded Ruby. What was the idea? Where did it come from? And what made you want to start it? So I have always wanted to run my own business. I'd constantly be thinking of different ideas, different concepts. And actually, at the time, my former career, which always surprises people, is that I was a geopolitical risk analyst. And I was looking at Somali piracy. I was spending time in Kenya, like really a whole world away from the world of beauty. I loved it. It was exciting. It was, you know, really interesting time for me to experience in my 20s. I'd sort of moved back to London and I was thinking, what's next for me? And I had all of these different ideas and and I'd always had the idea for a beauty services platform because it was so impossible to book treatments. You call around all the salons, no one was available, you never had time. If you're a last minute sort of a gal like me, it was clear that there was a gap in the market. So I'd always thought about it. And then Literally one day I thought to myself, hold on, this is it. I need to create an app for at-home beauty services. I'd seen Uber come out. I'd seen Deliveroo. I was using them like a fiend. And I thought, wouldn't it be fantastic if there was something like this for beauty? Not just for me, but for all of us who are super busy and, and just don't necessarily have the time to spend managing our beauty diary. So that was it. So it was really a middle of the night realization as they tend to be. And then from the next day, I sort of got on with things. Obviously, not having a tech or a beauty background made that slightly challenging. Where does one start? But what I did was I really focused on identifying people from my network that had done something similar, not necessarily even in tech, but built a business, really just started to learn as much as I could about what potentially lay ahead of me. I then sought to raise a little bit of money. So I got a virgin startup loan, which was 25,000 pounds, which I thought would absolutely last me miles. That didn't get us that far. But what it did do was it got us an MVP, the first version of the product. And also I was at the time because the the idea of the app initially was for in salon and also at home bookings. So I got the app ready and was running around salon, 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 signing them up as well as signing freelancers up. So we got to a, a good place where we could just launch. 
And how did you even begin to find the freelancers, the salons you wanted to work with? You know, what was your process to staff this new business? People always ask me, what is the bridge between what you did before and what you do now? And I think I, as a young graduate, was sort of thrown into the world of learning about situations on the ground in very unique places. So I've always been very resourceful and found ways around problems. And so really, it was just a question of using Google, you know, our dear friend Google, Instagram wasn't really a thing then, but finding salons and freelancers online and giving them that pitch. Obviously, early days, there was nothing there. It was me kind of sitting there living in this, someone could well have thought was a fantasy, because it was all, you know, very much theoretical. But you know, at that time, you've just got to sell the dream. So I did that. And then I also, in terms of the technology, I made use of of spaces like Google Campus. And there were some other groups like that to kind of get myself into the tech scene, identify potential developers who could help me, product owners, just really, I was spent time conversing and learning. And then over a period of time, I, I identified a group of developers who would help me make the product. And how long did that take from idea conception through to having your MVP? What was your time scale? I'd say it took a year. And I, at the time I was working part-time. So I also always advise this to, to budding entrepreneurs. Make sure you keep a hold of any income that you might have, work evenings, work weekends, you know, to be safe. But yeah, it would have taken about a year. What is the biggest challenge that you faced in that time? It was probably there was a degree of fear pre-launch. You know, you're putting all your heart and soul into building something and you believe it and you're excited about it, but nothing is real until you have something, you know, in my case, in the app store that people could download and people could use. And then all the other associated challenges. I mean, how do you set up a business? What accountants do I find? What do my accountants even need to do? What do I need to do with HMRC? All of, you know, trademarking, lots and lots and lots of big questions that I had to sort of find the answers to. So there are a number of different challenges, but I do think that there was definitely this fear of sentiment. And interestingly, as soon as the app went live, I had a launch party my fear settled and I was calm because I had something real and tangible that people could use that I could fix. If it was broken, I could fix it. It was just a real thing, which for me gave me a lot more comfort. And how did you begin to spread the word? You know, how did you take it from this app that you'd created to something that people were actually using? I made huge use of my network and I highly recommend anyone. I mean, it's your family, it's your friends, it's your friends of friends who are going to use your product first. Also, you don't necessarily want the world knowing about it when you've still got, you know, God knows how many bugs or whatever it might be. You need sort of friendly forces supporting you in the early days. So I made use of back then, like Facebook was more of a thing. So we did things like there was something called a thunderclap, which is where you could get everyone to post at a certain time on a certain day. So I rounded up everyone I knew and got them to do that. I worked with a freelancer who helped with some press placements and really just tried to kind of drive enthusiasm and excitement about a new product. And luckily, it was so new that we did get quite a bit of traction in the press in the early days, which was really fantastic. At what point did you begin to grow your team? I and mean, presumably there's quite a lot of you now. Yeah. How did you get to a stage where, where you were able to do that? And how many people are you now? 
so we're sort of 10 in the office and then we've got remote team of about six and, and that includes some of our tech team. In the early days, it was me. And then I brought on sort of my number two, who was looking after operations and basically the therapist, the salons. She was absolutely brilliant. So it was the two of us. And then we hired our CTO. So we had been using an agency and then we recognized, you know, this is a tech business. We need someone in-house. So we made our first outstanding hire. He had been at Net-A-Porte. He was just one, technically excellent, but two, was a really great communicator. Um, and I think that that kind of personal connection is absolutely critical, especially as a non-technical founder. And then it grew from there. We've talked a lot about the founding of the business. We haven't really talked about what the business does and how fantastic Ruby is. I've been a fan for years. I'm trying to think when I first used it, probably 2016, 2015. Anyway, so so what is the business? For, for those who don't know, how does it work? And kind of what is it today compared to how it was when you first launched? Totally. Well, so it's a completely different beast to what it was when we first launched. But what it is today, it's an on-demand beauty services platform. So we have an app and a website and you can use those to book a host of incredible, brilliant freelance beauty professionals to your home, your office, your hotel to do facials, manicures, massages, waxes, vitamin drips, cosmetic injectables. The list goes on. We have over 600 treatments. Sorry, 600 treatments. Like how many treatments did you start with? I don't even remember. But like a manicure, right? Like it wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah, your simple curated list. And now this is why, you know, we're different from some of the other players in the market. I think we really care about the individual skill set of each freelancer. So if someone does something really specific, you know, like Tibetan sound bowl healing, why should we not let them demonstrate that to their clients on the platform? So we're super open and we love it. We love new innovative treatments. I mean, I'm, I'm such a fan. To be fair, I, I was, ne- I was, you know, I was getting my manicure, getting my blow dry. Like that's, I was that sort of a beauty girl. Now I'm loving trying all of these crazy new treatments. Well, I guess wellness is the thing that has, you know, that's what's changed, right? It's beauty plus yeah. wellness. I was going to ask you what is the uh, the most niche service you offer, but I think Tibetan sound bath sounds rather niche. <laughs> that's pretty niche. We have all types of manicures from the Japanese manicure, the Russian manicure. What's the difference between a Russian mani and a Japanese mani? I think that the Japanese mani is no polish and it's about making your natural nail really shine. And the Russian mani is all about cuticle work. So really cleaning the cuticle and then they paint over the cuticle and then instead of just painting nail and then they clean the the outside. I think I might be wrong. I'm pretty sure I'm right, but there are a lot, a lot of things to remember. (laughs) 600 in detail is is a lot. And I mean, you've got, you're offering, we touched on wellness. There are COVID things in, in the mix as well, aren't there? You can have your testing, you can have kind of talk to me about the last year and how that impacted the business and how you kind of come out of it. It was pretty shit. I mean, I remember the day that everything sort of came to a head. And I I don't know if I was a little bit in denial, but I sort of looked around my office and we work in this big co-working space. There are, you know, hundreds of people. I sort of looked around and there was no one really there. And I said, okay, guys, I think it's time to go home. And at that moment, it really hit me. This is a, you know, serious pandemic. And our revenues dropped to zero. Uh, we were unable to deliver any beauty services, you know, basically for the duration of the 
of the pandemic. I mean, there are moments when we could, you know, which was almost more trouble than it was worth because it was, you can do this treatment, but not this treatment and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So it was deeply challenging. We had to make incredibly tough decisions around team. We had to reduce our cost base really quickly. We had to think about the longevity of the business post pandemic, whilst also not really knowing how long it was going to go for. So there was this whole piece around sort of, you know, cash preservation, which was challenging. You know, we are this huge operation now, you know, we've got obviously our head office team, but then you know, we've got nearly a thousand freelancers who we work with. We're unable to supply workforce. So, so I felt a real moral obligation to one, keep the business alive. So on the other side, we're here and we can get people back to work. I observed the way that the business was operating pre-pandemic, you know, really critical thinking, identified that there were areas where we could be more lean, where we could strategically focus on in future. I had time to review the existing operation. And so I feel that despite the challenges, not just for us, but also for the broader industry, and we'll, we'll talk about that later, but that we were able to come back stronger and I was able to come back as a better leader. And I'm delighted to say that post-pandemic, we're, you know, doing even better than we did pre-pandemic, which is, you know, obviously has just been a lovely relief. Ruby version, you know, let's not say 2.0, let's say 6.0 because we've been through so many iterations. But yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We're back now. We've talked about how you brought in all these new treatments because they're on offer and because you, you know, you can find the therapist who can offer those things. But how have consumers' tastes and demands in the beauty industry changed? You know, how have we all gone from being manicure blow dry girls to yeah. girls who want to bet in sound baths? So I had no idea what was going to happen post pandemic. I mean, everyone had their at home shellac manicure kits you know people were doing their own beauty treatments and I thought you know maybe maybe there's going to be this shift and people just want to continue to do you know people have learned how to blow dry their hair if they wanted to blow that dry their hair in that pandemic I definitely didn't but some probably did and I wondered if there would just be less demand for professional services but what we've learned is quite the opposite People missed their beauty treatments like no other. And this is confirmed by the fact that on the cover of the newspapers, on the cover of the Telegraph, on the cover of the Times, it's like, when could we get our haircuts? It was all about the haircuts. And the same goes for other beauty services. So when we were finally able to operate again, we could barely cope with 
the demand because everyone was interested in not just professional beauty services, but beauty services at home. In terms of trends for us, we've got a lot more male clients. Um, they're booking, and they're not just booking, you know, your traditional services. They're booking manicures, facials, massages, haircuts. A lot of older audiences are using us. They might not necessarily want to be going out into a salon. I think that there has been this broader, like, macro shift of not wanting necessarily to to go out unnecessarily. Um, we're more comfortable in our homes. So we've definitely seen an uptick in, in at-home services. And like you say, also a focus on wellness. So our more wellness-focused treatments are doing really well. We've just introduced something with Aromatherapy Associates, which are amazing for helping you sleep. Those are really popular. Facials have been super popular. You know, we used to have a set standard. It was nails, it was hair, it was a massage, and that's kind of changed. Um, the waiting has changed, which is interesting. Is there one thing that at the moment or that over the last few months has been you know, the most in demand? What has really surprised you to have been so popular? It would be the massage treatments. I think that people are much more focused on self-care and they understand and appreciate the benefits of spending that time on themselves. And obviously, it's always something that's been super popular. But but for us, it was the quick and easy. It was the manicures and the blow dries that, that were more popular. But, but that's shifted now, I think, because people are getting these treatments more regularly and new people are deciding to get them done at home. Can you talk to me about how to maximize the app? So for people who aren't familiar with it... You download the app, you put in your postcode, and then you have basically all of these options available to you, or you have whatever options are available to you where you live, right? Yes. What should we know about the app? Is it 24-7? How far in advance do you have to book your services? Kind of what's like the beginner's guide to using Ruby? I mean, hopefully, if we've done our job right, it's relatively straightforward to see when you go on the app. So we deliver treatments within 90 minutes within the M25. So we're in London, we're in Oxfordshire, Gloucestershire, Brighton, and Manchester in October. So yeah, you, you can get a beauty treatment within 90 minutes, oftentimes faster. And I would just say, go in and explore. As I said to you earlier, it's very Moorish. You know, you sort of see these wonderful treatments think, oh, maybe I'll park that one for next time. But what we do is we really highlight the individual therapist so you can learn more about them. We have bios, images of their work, detailed descriptions of the different treatment offerings. So it's definitely somewhere you have to like, you know, delve in and dive in. But what we find is that people tend to find that their preferred therapist and then they will continue to rebook with them. But it's great. It's like, it's just the perfect thing. You're at home, like it's a Friday night, you've decided not to go out. Nothing better than booking a massage and then just rolling into bed. So it's just a nice treat to have, I think. I have a, a theory about post-lockdown, which is that our tolerance for discomfort is higher than ever before. You know, obviously, there's been plenty of emotional discomfort, but in terms of how we spent the last year, it has been at home in our tracksuits. I think that at-home beauty makes so much sense as an extension of that, because why would I want to have a massage and then drive home, you know? Exactly. Especially if you're getting a treatment that feels spa-like. So we've got treatments like the Barbara Stone Facial, which is heaven. You have a heated massage table, you know, all of the beautiful products, the music. It feels like you're in a spa. So and I agree with you. 
but that's amazing that you can like you know there's only a couple of places in london you can do that but you can just use ruby and just have somebody do it at your house in 90 minutes i mean that's ridiculous exactly exactly i love this whole on-demand thing you know now looking at like the grocery delivery apps you know it's insane and also seeing their growth you know these people are delivering groceries in 90 minutes the consumer attitude has completely shifted and it's all so easy now and i think it's it's a good thing it gives us more time to do what is important i mean we've got more time to focus on on the things that matter that's the way that i see it i so agree and you know the more you get used to it i saw that boots Mm -hmm. on delivery this week and you know if i can get everything else in half an hour then why should i have to go and queue up for my toiletries it makes total sense doesn't it um so venetia there's also the black label option as well can you talk to me about what that is Yeah, absolutely. So we have three tiers on Ruby, our classic therapists who are entry level, who are excellent. Um, And then elite, they are those therapists who have slightly more experience. They might have worked in luxury hotels or with luxury brands or done photo shoots or editorial, etc. And then we have our black label. And these are all sort of celebrity grade, uber expert beauty and wellness professionals. And so they are available offline via our Black Label membership, and they're available to travel internationally. They do a lot of work with kind of, you know, with our clients who are who are sort of between London and New York or whatever it might be. So it's, it's our kind of higher end offering, I would say. What are we talking price-wise? How does that work? How do you become a Black Label user? So we have a membership. So we charge an annual membership for that. And that's £450. And then people get their access to their own concierge team member, 24-7 access to appointments. So if they want an appointment, and trust me, this is not a rarity, you know, at 3am, you know, someone's traveling back, they're jet lagged, then we will be able to support it by the black label. I once very kindly had somebody from the Black Label come and do a manicure for me and normal time. And she was headed off. I think we were finished about six o'clock or something. And she was heading to a client, a regular client after me for six hours. She was booked out from seven till 3am, I think, to do. And she was just going to be doing a six hour slot with, you know, manicures, massages for the whole family, which sounds heavenly if you can do it. I know. I mean, it's, it's a whole different world. But like for us, you know, what we want to be able to deliver what people need. And if it's the last minute manicure quickly at home, or if it's a whole indulgent experience of the family, Ruby can deliver it. So we always try to say yes. Amazing. You've collaborated with lots of big brands. How have those partnerships come about? What can you talk about? What, you know, what should people know about who have you worked with and what's on the horizon too? So at Ruby, the whole of HQ, we're obsessed with beauty. We're always looking for like the latest and the greatest treatment. And we want to offer that to our clients. So we will identify amazing brands or amazing treatments that we want to offer. So, you know, we spoke about the Barbara Sturm facial. We've got an incredible anti-aging one, one with micro-needling, like really beautiful experiences with, with Barbara Sturm product, which I absolutely adore. We work with Aromatherapy Associates, delivering those divine wellness treatments as a rose facial. It's all just, you know, wonderful. So we identify brands that we admire or we align with, and then we look to build a menu that serves the at-home client. So we've been doing quite a lot of that and we'll definitely be doing more of that. In terms of what's coming up, I'm so excited about this. I'm just going to tell you, even though it's not live yet, because that's what I do. But we are launching these new residencies. So we talk about the Black Label. It's something that not necessarily everyone wants to be a part of, but sometimes you might just want an appointment with someone superb. So we are, um, as of October, 
hosting residencies with some incredible experts. So they'll be working with Ruby so you can finally get access to these people at home for a short period of time. And I'm not going to say who we've got yet. That was my next question, obviously. Okay. I'm not going to say who we've got yet, but like, trust me, you'll know who they are. It's just super fun. It's just a great way, like for us to use our platform to deliver something really special. In fact, I got the inspiration from the Nike app because I don't have the Nike app, but someone was showing me, they were like sitting there on their phone. They're like, oh, Nike has these drops and they drop unique shoes, unique trainers. And I thought, oh my gosh, we need to do something like that with Ruby. And so then this whole idea of the residency and dropping these appointments with these fabulous, you know, people kind of came to mind. So it's going to be, I mean, it will be a scrum, presumably. Everybody's going to want an appointment with these with these top experts. So I think so. Let's see. You need to let us know. We'd like a Sherlax exclusive on, on who's going to be so we can get it. Okay, <laughs> done, 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 done. Love that. What a genius idea. How exciting. What, what have been some of the most memorable moments for the business over the years? You know, what are you really proud of? I think that as a founder, you're always looking forward. So there's this kind of mentality or mental state about looking into the future, what you haven't done yet, what you haven't accomplished. And actually, I think this question is really important. It's something that I always try and ask myself as well, separately, like, what have we achieved? Let's look back. Let's look at the amazing accomplishments because it's really easy not to. It's really easy to kind of live in the future. And I, and I don't think that that's healthy, especially when you are doing incredible things. So for me, some of the most memorable moments, I mean, it's when someone that I randomly meet and they say, oh my gosh, I love Ruby or oh, look on my phone, look, I use Ruby. Or they're like, I just had my hair done with it. It's that. It's knowing that Ruby is not just being used by me and my mom anymore. It's like, you know, become a thing that people are using in their lives. Like that, like those are always memorable. And then things happen that were not possible previously. So, you know, we've reached out to brands in the past and they, you know, push us off. No, 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 no. And then, you know, a year later, two years later, something might come up and we might be able to do it. So we've done things with Harvey Nichols. We've worked with Space NK. You know, we're working with all of these really cool brands. And, and for me, that's that's really memorable. It's those moments of success, which you kind of pinch yourself and you're like, oh my gosh, this is real. And then there have definitely been like negative mem- memorable moments as of any business, like the, you know, COVID. I won't be forgetting that yeah. anytime soon. What's the hope for the business for the next five to 10 years? We want to spread Ruby worldwide. You know, like with Uber, you know, you hop off the Eurostar, you turn on your phone, you book your Uber to your hotel. I want Ruby to be like that. You know, you, you'd arrive in a new place being, ah, I need to get ready for a meeting or haven't had my toes done, boom, download and book Ruby. So, so we're thinking about internationalization, but then also like really optimizing what we have at home, you know, building it out, spreading the word, making the platform better, making the platform better for our therapists. There's a lot to do there as well. What about the beauty industry? Where do you think that's headed over the next few years? If you had a crystal ball, what what would be the difference between now and five years time, do you reckon? I think that's such a good question because I think that the, you know, the UK beauty industry has been so hard hit by COVID. 17% of salons have unfortunately had to close. There was not huge governmental support at all for beauty salons and, and beauty professionals. So I think that it's been you know, a really tough time. I know that vast swathes of beauty professionals have sought to train in different industries that were better supported. So it's been a really tough time. And I think that despite that, 
a lot of the leaders in the beauty space are really coming together and working together to ensure that the beauty industry stays and remains incredibly strong. So the British Beauty Council, for example, have been real drivers in this. They've got campaigns across London telling people to go to their salons. So it's a question of rebuilding. I think there will be a lot, uh, you know, a lot of rebuilding to be done. But at the same time, I also think that there is this love for for British beauty that will, you know, that will never be lost. Um, so I see it thriving, you know, in the next few years. Any particular trends in the beauty industry that you think are going to fly? And I think like at the moment, we're seeing this whole like pared down, very chic nail art. You know, the French manicure is coming back. The reverse French manicure is coming back. More understated sort of looks, I think, are increasingly popular. I also think that technology is improving so much for like skincare and facial treatments. Um, so things are becoming a lot more personalized. So I think personalized experiences are going to be huge. Um, even now, you know, you can go to like SK2 and, and get, you know, personalized skin recommendations based on imagery of, of your face. And I think that we will, as, as a consumer, we will be looking for things that are completely tailored and targeted towards us. And that goes for product, but also in treatments as well, because the technology on the treatment side is also just, you know, going like crazy, you know, whether it be at home LED or, or, or things like that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of new things on the market. Exciting. We'll talk about entrepreneurs in the wider sense uh, in a moment, but, but what is your advice for people in the beauty space, people who want to get into, or maybe you feel like you're more in the tech space and the beauty space kind of on a personal front. But if any listeners are looking to, to forge a career in beauty, what is your advice? So I think that there are such amazing networks that can be found online. And, and now I'm probably talking about Instagram. I have met so many amazing entrepreneurs who are building really cool businesses just by connecting with them through Instagram, bouncing ideas around, eventually meeting offline. You know, I think that the beauty space is so friendly. I think that I've had just wonderful experiences with others doing both similar and kind of, you know, different things to me in the beauty space. So I would say build network. It's so important, not just to drive your business forward, but also for yourself as an individual. It's so important to have peers in a similar place, both in a similar place and also ahead of you. So you have that forum to exchange ideas and like stay ahead, try everything, trial everything. It's such a fast moving industry. There's always space for something new. And so, you know, keep your eyes on the prize, think about what you're doing, iterate your idea through experience and have fun while you're doing it. You know, I always say to my team, like, we're not working at Ruby, like we're not working somewhere boring. Like this is fun. Like we're working at a beauty app because it's fun. So, you know, that's also another benefit of being in the industry. And finally, any additional advice for entrepreneurs? Being an entrepreneur, you have your hardest days right alongside your best days. And sometimes it can feel like, you know, the world is crashing down on you. And without sort of the benefit of hindsight, that can be really tough in the early days. Um, but one thing that I've learned is that that happens and that will happen again and again and again. And you sort of become a little bit hardened to it. But the really nice thing is, is that there's always something brilliant on the other side. So keep strong, keep focused on that end goal, never lose sight of your mission or your cause. And if things sort of come in the way that knock you off course, you know, deal with it and try to move on because that's going to happen, unfortunately, quite a lot. 
That is such great advice. Thank you so much, Venetia. That was absolutely fascinating. Venetia has very kindly set up a code for Sheerlux listeners. If you enter Sheerlux podcast all in uppercase at checkout, then you can get 20% off your first booking on Ruby. Do also check out at Venetia underscore and at Ruby app on Instagram to find out more information. We hope you enjoyed listening. Do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.